0: which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna HealthCare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Let's get to our guest. Vikash Prasad is with us, a portfolio manager for Asian equities at M&G Investments, who joins uh, from Singapore. Vikash, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, the focal point today is really on the geopolitical risk and the extent to which the market has it right. I mean, has it been discounted in the way that's appropriate in your view, or is there a lot more risk when it comes to
2: geopolitics at the moment? hello good morning <laughs> great to be back here uh, to answer your question I, I think the what is surprising to me is the extent to which it seems like the markets have moved past what is happening in europe if you compare how the market is reacting to every new headline today to late february early march that's clearly different so that I, I think that is not that's still not done uh, There are still impacts that real impacts on companies and economies from that you aggregate that with geopolitical risks in other parts of the world, and it seems like the markets are surprisingly resilient.
0: What is the biggest driver of markets then at the moment? Because, uh, you know, we do have that uh, uncertain geopolitical backdrop, as we mentioned, but uh, also we have some encouraging signs coming out of China and possibly a Fed pivot in
2: 2023 as well. So what's the key catalyst that you're watching? I think if we just get right down into companies and sectors, the most surprising thing to me is the amount of dispersion we've seen in the current earnings season, interest sector, and among peers around the world. So if you pick any sector, whether it's, let's say we start in India with the pharma companies or consumer companies, the leaders with pricing power and reasonable cost structures are beating expectations. The ones who don't have those things are missing. If you look at companies reliant on ad spending and search, there are companies in in. Korea that are beating on those on, uh, in those businesses, whereas we've all seen what has happened with leading companies in the U.S. that are driven by ad, ad spending and by search. So, and, and we see that across sectors across the region in Asia. And so that, that dispersion has been what has been driving the, the markets in the very short term. So what's, and I, you put yeah, your
1: finger on something that's very interesting, and I'm wondering what that speaks to. I mean, the unevenness of it all.
2: I think what we're seeing is in the in this environment where uh, revenue growth is challenged. Revenues are, are flowing to those with pricing power, with with genuine moats, and uh, the earning the margin expansion is is real for the companies that have uh, operating leverage and who don't have very heavy balance sheets. So within within sectors around the world and across the region here in Asia, we see uh, many examples of of uh, polar opposites within sectors. Also, what I would like to highlight is if you one area that we are very excited about is housing in India. Now, when you ta- start talking about housing, people's thoughts shift to China, they shift to the U.S., they shift to Australia, New Zealand, and Western Europe. What is going on on the ground right now is very different in India, and it's not just mortgage finance companies and banks, but it is the companies that are part of that broader universe of companies related to housing, adhesives, paints, uh uh, consumer electronics, uh, white goods, the demand is very robust, pipes, uh, um, plastics, and, and we see that continuing.
0: Yes, yeah, an interesting point that you bring up, because people are obviously more familiar with the property story as it relates to China or the US. So if you're looking to get involved uh, in the property story in India, can you give us any specific names that you'd be looking at?
2: Well, specific names we stay away from, but the the, the sectors that I would highlight, uh, cement is one clearly. Housing finance companies is another one. The property developers, the property developing, the property developer sector in India is very different than it was 10 to 15 years ago. The sector has been cleaned up. Most of the growth is concentrated within very few leading companies. So we have exposure there. Again, if you look at companies that are putting the pipes in in houses, uh, this shift from metal pipes to plastic pipes, that is a very big driver of growth. Adhesive companies and paint companies, um, uh, companies that make consumer electronics, fans, washing machines, microwaves, that is all very robust. If you look at the on any reasonable time horizon at any metric that you choose the penetration of finished housing and affordable housing in india is very very low that is going to take decades to play out and for investors not traders i think there are many opportunities still
1: What what is the policy response right now for the rbi and team in terms of uh, trying to deal with it doesn't want to stifle growth i get that but there is an
2: inflation story that has to be dealt with there's an inflation story i think what. What we are beginning, actually, what we have seen now for several months and a couple of years, is as India heads to the general elections, the national elections in 2024, we're going to see very steady uh, investment in infrastructure, in housing, and in commerce. And this is a different India than what we have seen over the past 20, 30 years. And uh, it's it's very friendly towards business. It is very strict and harsh on corruption. And, uh, the, and also what is different is that we're not seeing the same level of dole-outs, um, handouts from the government. It, it, these are genuine long-term investments. So I think that is how they're they're battling inflation. It's uh, long-term investments and, and it's paying dividends. And it's not just in the very few months le- re- leading up to elections. As we've seen before, this has been going on for a few years now.
0: I want to get to one of the other markets that you've got a view about, and that is Japan. We've just had some rather weak machine tool orders for the month of September, a surprise contraction in GDP yesterday. But you do say that this time it is different in Japan. What what do you mean by that?
2: Yes. So it has been different for a few years. So if you go back a decade when Abe's arrows were first fired – Uh, and and the focus on corporate governance, the focus on cleaning up balance sheets and growing through subtraction, not addition. So not through the conglomerate model, which we've been seeing going back to the 70s and 80s, but but by being very thoughtful uh, and focusing on revenue growth and operating leverage and uh, less cash on the balance sheet. And so that we see across sectors in Japan. One area of... we are very excited about what we see in the small cap space in Japan. We we see opportunities here that will, like in India, take three, five, ten years to play out. But these are going to be very high compounding growth companies for a long time. And uh, there are more opportunities than we can go through at the, at the moment. All right. Uh, Vikas Bashad, Portfolio
0: Manager, Asian Equities at M&G Investments. We're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us today on the Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.